0: We are back. Welcome, everyone, to Match Point number nine of Tennis Bets Podcast. I'm one of three hosts here David E.J. Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis on Twitter and all the socials these days. If this is your first time listening, chances are it's how you found us. Welcome in. Hello. If you're a returning listener, a returning champion, welcome back. Not with me, as always, once again, is Derek. Derek's underwater with his work. Even though Derek's not here, we are still going from California, where I'm based, to Canada. To welcome in Mr. John Reed, you can find him at Jared Tweets Tennis. He does betting content for his own brand, Tidbits Tennis. He writes for the Action Network, betting expert, Hammer HQ, and he does tennis form recaps.
1: John, welcome in. Woo, I'm ready to go. Excited to talk about uh, about some tennis. What an up and down uh, day it was for me today, I'll tell you that. Went from up several units, down seven, to back to about even money. Crazy day. That's high volume, baby.
0: <laughs> the high volume life. If you want to live that life, definitely check out it tidbits tennis where he's got plays posted every day all right john let's kick it off here with our accountability segment we call what did we win what did we learn and it's always exciting to jump into this when we have more wins than uh stuff we learned so there we go wins taylor fritz 2-0 versus oslon Karatsev. that cashes at minus 125 Gasquet set one money line versus sissy boss at plus 225. That comes in uh, at tiebreak. Thank you. Also hit the plus four. Jordan Thompson, plus 130 money line versus Milos Ranich. Ends his return to the tour and with two matches. Then we have some where we have some wins and some losses here. Uh, Rinky Hajikata, money line at plus 110. John won multiple units, and I learned on that one. Learned a lot. <laughs> you know, I want to talk, we'll talk more about Rinky coming up, actually, but he obviously dropped the first set there versus uh, my guy Husler that I backed. Um, but man, this guy—he wins from coming from behind a
1: lot. I believe he's done it two times here. I mean, he dom—not dominated. The first set against Mackey was really tight, and then he took over, and he did that against Husler too. I think he lost one point on serve in the third set against Huesler.
0: Chris O'Connell, moneyline plus one eighty-five, cash that. But we did talk about the dog over combo here, so the <laughs> over fails because O'Connell wins too quickly as a big dog. Yusuke Watanuki versus Hubie Hircash cash the set one money line the over games and the over sets comes in john back but the full match money line is an l unfortunately Uh, but still profitable match for us just straight losses Bublik set one money line and full match money line some bad calls though in that match he should have been back on five five i digress we did get a tank out, so good call by you, John, to, to not play the games there, because did get a classic Bublik tank out after uh, his frustration with the umpire chair. And then Poprin, Greek Spore talked about the over games, uh, which does not come in as well. Outrights, how about Stroof In the semifinals, John tipped him at 18-1 to 1 outright for this event in Stuttgart. I believe you had
1: a quarter win uh, personally on that one. Yeah, I had uh, 1.9 units outlaid on outrights this week. I threw a a hedge onto Gasquet, and that netted me 3.25 units. Brought in 3.25 units. That covers my entire weekly outlay. Uh, outlay and now I'm hoping he can take down the uh, the title to bring in a 30 to one. It was 18 to one as we were doing the show last time, but uh, before the the first round match against, I believe Zhang Zhezhen, he was he was 30 to one. So I'm I'm just get me there, Jan. You're you're, play, you're in a coin flip against Hubie. We'll get to that match obviously in a second. But get me there, bro. Just beat Hubie. Get me to the final. Get me some sort of way to extract some more equity out of it. I got nice equity out of that, that quarter ticket. When I saw Gasquet, I was like, at first, you know that FOMO you get? You're like, damn, I'm happy everyone got their plus whatever hundred tickets fading Sitsy Pass. I didn't do it because I didn't think he had the... I, I wanted someone with a bit more power to, to make sure it was going to be a coin flip match and then hit it hard. That's why I was waiting for stroof in the quarters. I was going to double down. But as I realized, I'm like, wait a minute. If... Gascade closes this out, that means that I'm going to get a very, like a much better price to hedge the quarter on if the price is right. Gascade ends up at like plus 195. I was like, that's the perfect hedging opportunity, not just because it's cheap, but because it actually presents value, right? You're not making a bad bet just to extract equity. That's a, a common mistake. And it, it's a preference too. I've done it before as well. And a lot of people just want the whole point of having that outright is they want to get something out of it if it's that easy to do. But I had Gasquet close to like plus one sixty. So when I see a plus one ninety five, I'm like, man, I, I'm actually it's a smart move to to bet this money line and it acts as a quasi-hedge anyway. Perfect, perfect scenario. Thank you, Mr. Tricky Dick Gasquet. Earned his six hundredth win, beat Stefano Sitsi pass the grass court fraud, and helped me get basically free money out of that ticket. What a guy, eh?
0: Win uh six hundred this week. Mm-hmm. Uh with that Sitsi Pass win. Love that guy. Great, great fucking tennis player. Talked about Taylor Fritz uh, being uh, someone to potentially back deep into this, and he died on me. So did Daniil Medvedev, even though I did say to fade him based on the nature of the event. Uh, I did think he would win a few matches here, and he dies immediately on me. Thank you, Daniil. You shouldn't have cut your hair, man. That was a big mistake.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. We talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah,
0: It was a, n- a new chapter. Uh, attacking, uh, we also mentioned to attack center. Well, that worked out well. Rusevori picks up a huge plus 300 money line win as a dog today. Rusevori did take out Umber, who we talked up as a potential contender for this, but really, I I mean, thinking back, I should have said the winner of that match is someone to potentially back here. We'll get into his next matchup here.
1: I was just going to say, you talked about the over combo, um, something I like to do a lot of. And it's, it's anecdotal, but that was the third one this week where I was like, damn, the dog won too quickly. Ashlyn Kruger on the women's side beat Vika like three and two. She's, she's basically a, a tall, immobile, big server, 18-year-old American, one to watch, plus 400, ends up winning too quickly. And I'm like, well, I made profit on the match, but... It- I thought I was going to at least have to sweat something on the money line. Then it was Rusu Vore out only broke even on the match because I went a unit and a half on the over and a half unit on the plus 300 money line. Screw that. I usually go one and one or one and a half unit. Instead, I go one and a half and a half, the one time the dog wins in an under. And earlier in the week that happened as well. I can't remember who the other one was, but the point is stick to your guns because there will be times when, especially with underdogs, especially with underdogs, the leads will be blown. So don't say okay well now I just got to go money lines only because that's more profitable. No 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 no. Stick to your guns because when the underdogs start blowing their leads you're going to be happy as hell. You've got either the plus one and a half sets or the over ticket in your pocket to offset the choke because what you're doing there is you're betting on a more competitive match than the odds would indicate. You're not betting necessarily that they're just they're they're going to pull off the upset every time. And sometimes you get both
0: yeah, also forgot last time when we, we talked about Yannick Center again on this podcast. I, I had I had a funeral uh on this pod about uh n- never betting his matches again. I forgot that I totally forgot about that. Uh well I, I I'm taking that back, resuscitating <laughs> my my ability to bet on center matches, but I'm rebranding as a Yannick Center fader, John. Uh, I'm only betting his matches when I can fade him. And it's not going to be every match, but there's going to be matches to fade this guy. I like today. Hit that plus 300. You'll love to see it. What did I say when that line came out? Plus 300? LFG. All caps in the chat. <laughs> love it. All right. We're going to dive into the semifinals at both sites this weekend after I talk about Spotify for podcasters. All right, John. In Stuttgart, Francis Tiafo is taken on Martone Fucevic. I'll set the table here real quick. Tiafo is minus 152 on the money line. It's Two game spread. The total is at 23. Fuchevich is plus 132. Two and one head to head to the Fucevic side. Last time they played, Tiafo took my money when I faded him versus Martone at the 2020 US Open, winning in straight sets 6 2, 6 3, 6 2. played a grueling five set match against Dimitra before that, so that was pretty dumb play by me in hindsight. Fuchevich won earlier that year in 2020 on the quick conditions of Doha, 6-4, 4-6, 6-4. Fuchovic also won on clay in elevation in Geneva back in 2018, 7-6, 6-4. So it's a little bit of their head-to-head. Uh, Fuchevich qualified into this, John, and I think that is worth talking about and worth noting. We've got five wins, including some nice ones over Chapo, Wu, and Fritz. Today was a huge... Win obviously taking out uh, the number two seed and I uh, was, was he like plus four hundred in the money line something something crazy like that three
1: fifty I think it was definitely I, I think it closed around two seventy five but it had gotten I'm sure it got as high as plus three thirty plus in the plus three thirty to plus three fifty range.
0: All right, John. Well, with the five matches under his legs, he has had over a almost nine hours of court time since Saturday, and even though Martone is ripped like a fitness model i mean the guy is like cut is that what's that famous like herculean pose he did after it was, what was it? <laughs> i forget i forget which tournament that was i do think his fitness is in question uh in this match stamina and injury he is injury prone i mean i don't you know i don't like to label players as injury prone but he does pick up a lot of injuries he's always battling back from injury it seems Tiafo's only played two matches but he does have just over four hours of court time this week after the two hour 42 minute three setter versus Musetti. I know we both like Musetti's chances in that doesn't get there in the end, but picks up a first set win. So yeah, talk to me about um Fucevic and, and and what you're
1: thinking here, John. This is one where I, I kind of lean toward the price being more correct than incorrect, but the market's starting to make Tiafo look pretty tempting. This opened at Pinnacle in that minus 175, minus 180 range. I'm not touching it there, and I'm probably giving a look to FutureVix. who opened at plus 160. Now we've bet this probably past my equilibrium point or like my, my true price point. I I have this about $1.63. And that I believe is in the minus 155 range for Tiafo. Right now, pinnacle is down to minus 145. So we're starting to get towards uh that that point where I'd be uh, I'd be considering Tiafo. You got two quick quarters here. Honestly, I hadn't even thought about the wear and tear on futurevics and that it, it's 5 hours or sorry 9 hours 5 matches that's actually not too too bad per match so i'll probably i'll probably still avoid factoring that in too too much especially with someone like him but you got two quick quarters i think foe has the edge on serve forehand right both he's got the more aggressive game style futurevics probably the better backhand slice but Foe's flat backhand actually is going to work on these courts. It's not going to bounce up like it like it does on clay and sit up there for opponents to wail on. It's going to stay low and skid through courts. And that, to me, I don't see what Fuchsivics, outside of grinding along the baseline and, and playing some decent defense, does better than Foe. And if this one were to get to minus 140, that's probably the point where I jump in. Uh, like I said, it's in that minus 145, minus 147 range right now at Pinnacle. So we're not there yet at, at the time of recording. But that's probably where I'll look to get involved. On the foe side, Tiafoe's service game has improved immensely, uh, but the path to
0: victory for the Fucevic side is probably through another poor match from Foe on second serve today versus Musetti in set one. He offered up twenty-three second serves and only won nine of them for thirty-nine percent. In the third set. He ended up winning 6-2. Uh, he won 4 of 11. Fucevic is a solid returner who could take advantage of a poor service game for Big foe like Musetti did today. But Fuchovic, on the other hand, has been sub-50% in his last two wins on second serve points won. So not exactly crushing it on serve himself, uh, but he did only face one break point today versus Fritz. Uh, saved only two of five uh, versus Wu. Lost both he faced versus Chapo. So if it's going to come down to a uh, service game, Fucevic He might have some opportunities, but he's going to offer up opportunities for Tiafo to break as well. If this is coming down on the Tiafo side, I I like Francis Tiafo here at minus 152 on the money line. I think he has a stronger serve. I think he will be able to get break points. And I think he won that title earlier this year. I'm going to drive down narrative street here, John. But he won that title this year after a long drought. Good chance for him to get into a final, compete for another title. I I think him, and his team, this is what they've been working for, building for. It's not an insurmountable opponent on the other side or task to beat this opponent on the other side. I, I like Tiafo here as a, a declining favorite on the money line. All right. Your boy. Jan Leonard Struf is taking on the always fadable. her Herkash. <laughs> Struuf won their only meeting all the way back in the Davis Cup in 2016. So not really applicable, but wanted to mention that. In three matches this week, Struuf has faced a total of four break points Save three or four. The one was in his first game uh, versus Zhang. And uh yeah, the guy's ripping on serve. This is my nightmare. Uh John Letter Struof is dominating the tour. <laughs> I can't fade him like I want to. He is currently plus 120 on the money line, minus 145 for Hubie as the favorite. You can find a plus one twenty-four on bet online. The one twenty was Bovada. The total is jacked up. It's a twenty-four and twenty-five on bet online. I don't blame them for booking it this way. There's a lot of serving about to happen in this match certainly a set one over is a look tie breaks are you hedging your stroof what do you think about this one john
1: no because i think it's a flip not a, well not maybe not Huby's probably a bit more athletic from the baseline and and so i do think he he should be a small favorite plus i mean, just gonna have the fact that he's a bit better of a tennis player he's done more in his career like all those things play into people's perceptions of this so i'm gonna go ahead and probably pass here. I mean, like I said, at this point, if I get screwed to the final, then I'll look to, to potentially find some way to, to extract some value out of it. I've got my quarter ticket in that covered all my outlays and hedges already to this point this week. And I don't want to be looking for ways to hedge twice, especially when I I don't see that much value on Hubie Herkacz here. To me, it's, I'm happy just flipping a coin potentially in a couple tie breaks. And look, Hubie hasn't been impenetrable or infallible on serve in his own Right. Like he, there were a lot of deuce games on both guys' serves against, was it Watanuki he played? Um, Against Chris O'Connell. Chris O'Connell had several 1530s against him. And this is a Chris O'Connell who was icing, Jose Margado tweeted this out. He was icing his knee at every changeover that he sat down on. And so as soon as he lost the first set, it was like, oh boy. Like, it was to the point that Morgato asked, is he going to finish this match? And then he's like... He had, like, several love 30s or 1530s in that second set, when apparently he may not have been 100%. So, he's not impossible to break. And the one thing Stroop does, he's not a good returner. And this is a a very fast surface. So, it almost sounds like, yeah, but if O'Connell can't do it, then Stroop can't do it. Which would make sense if, you know, there's always the possibility that Huber needs several second serves along the way. And two... If stroof wasn't a decent block returner or a, a, a decent chip and charger, those, I guess, two different strategies, and he's really good at the net. And so if he can chip and charge a few times, especially against second serves, and rush Hubie into, into an error or two, and not the greatest passing shot guy, Hubie Hercatch, he can find, like, steal a point or two along the way, and all of a sudden there's pressure, right? Again, 15-30, 30-all. There's chances for Struff to, to potentially find a break in here. I'm actually higher on his chances to break than than Hubie's, even if Hubie has a little bit more from the baseline, just because, again, his chip and charging isn't as good, and I don't think his block return is as strong either. So there's a couple things that Struff does, in particular for grass courts, that work a bit better against a, a fellow big server. I'm going to let it go. I think that that if we can get Struff into the final here, I don't hate him against Foe, who hasn't had the most success returning this Week, I don't think until that uh, he got Lehechka once, who's more erratic than Struff and doesn't serve as big as Struff. And he got Musetti, I think, uh, three or four times in a row after the first set, t- after the second set tiebreak when Musetti completely lost it. But prior to that, they'd only broke each other once or twice each. And that's a much weaker serve. So, I mean, if it's faux, I get faux is a lot better. Than Stroop, but I'd actually wouldn't, again, I wouldn't mind Stroop's chances with his serve on grass and a home crowd behind him. And if it's Fuchsia I'm pretty sure Stroop would be at least a pick there and there would be a very cheap hedging possibility. So I'm going to let it ride. I
0: think I'm going to play the over 24 here, uh, which is a little jacked up, but you can get a 24 here on, on Bovada. It's 25, a full game more, on bet online so that's a little line in price shopping here the Hubie overs which have been you know a print factory failed today versus o'connell o'connell though not as strong a server as struve and the thing about this match too is like three sets is really in play so not only do you have an opportunity to get there in two sets with the 24 with like two tiebreak sets seven five and a tiebreak set but Hubie. Even if he drops the first set, I mean, listen, th- we we've been fading him left and right this season and and, and making money, but he d- he does he is a guy that is able to come back and and like we we've talked about in the past about his his mental mindset, like he doesn't really get two phased <laughs> either way. So you know, drops the first set. I mean, he's just as you know, he can easily win the second set. So I, I like the chances here, a lot of opportunity to get over this twenty four. I feel like, I mean, the holds are going to just be coming left and right in this thing. And now one single break is going to totally fuck you. So that is the risk you take. But I think the fact that they even have the three sets down here at plus 125. So the books already think there's a pretty good chance that this thing goes three sets. So I I think the 24 is a pretty good play.
1: I wanted to touch quickly, sorry, on the other, when you mentioned the over at 24, 25, during the kind of setting up the price points that we were going to talk about, I had thought about what about tiebreak props and two tiebreaks in the match like over one and a half, I should say, not exactly two, because that's a different market, but over one and a half tie breaks is plus 400. If this goes three sets, I mean, you've got a pretty decent shot, greater than 20%. Let's put it that way. Even if this doesn't go three sets, just factor in how many times it goes three sets, how many times this goes to tie break between the two, 20% still seems somewhat low. I mean, you don't want to go over and be like, they're always going to play tie breaks every single set. Like that's, a little unrealistic, but consider what Hubie Hercatch's break percentage is so far in 2023 on grass. And I know the sample is really small, but like this, I, I kind of like it anyway because he didn't break Wattnuki, right? I'm pretty sure he did not break Watnuki one time. He's breaking at 7.4% of the time. And I know it's only two matches, but he's got two breaks of both were against a lighter serving Chris O'Connell. And Chris O'Connell may or may not have had a knee problem, which, you know, when you're serving... The legs are kind of important in uh, in a service motion. So I mean let's 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 talk about the fact that tie breaks are likely to happen at least once, which is a pretty juice, but even a second one. 7676 either way would not surprise me. A three-set match would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise the markets either. It's it's priced up at like 42 or 3%. You get if you get a third set, you have to think it would be crazy to think there wouldn't be at least a tiebreak. Uh, and I, I wouldn't mind a, a little shot at a, a, a plus 400 here for over one and a half TBs.
0: You could still get over 10 here on Bavada for the first set at minus 135. So I imagine the first
1: set tiebreak gets pretty juicy as well. Well, that's plus 175, right? So, like, that's the one I, I kind of wanted, plus like something in the plus 200 range, but it's just everything with Hubie now is going to be so juiced and then you factor in Struve serve and you're over nine and a half is minus 225 or 230 or something like that <laughs> that's that's steep let's move
0: over to the Netherlands in Denbosch where Jordan Thompson is taking on rinky hajikacha for the second time in two weeks these Australians are squaring off Thompson won last week in Surbiton seven now, I, I want to take a minute here and, and praise Jordan Thompson, who cashed for us. And, you know, he's a a player I've ridiculed uh, and faded many times on this podcast. Uh, but, man, he's had a pretty good 2023. Picked up a couple nice wins at Indian Wells. Off to a pretty good start here in grass season. Qualified into Miami as well. I'm giving him some love,
1: man. He's, he's playing well. Yeah, and you know what? The thing is, he avenged his 2018 finals loss to Manorino. He's lucky to make his, I think, second career final, and I think they both would come in Den Bosch. so he clearly likes whatever the hell they're doing in the Netherlands with these courts. Yeah, I mean, look at the price points on this, too. If we want to talk about like Thompson's having a next 2023, how about Rinky Hichikata being priced as a shorter dog against Thompson as he was against Mackie McDonald? I don't know how to explain how wild that is to, to me. <laughs> like, you can't end up being like closing around the plus two, or at one point getting to 200 against Mackie on grass and then go up against another quick court specialist with a little bit more pop to their game and who is better on grass, right? Mackie, quick hard courts, probably more his lane. Grass is there, but not nearly as uh, adept on it as Jordan Thompson. And now there's like Rinky Hijikata is more expensive to back this time around. So your chance to back Rinky Hijikata m- may have come and gone. Right, he's been to me at least. He's been value all week, and I've cashed on him all three matches. So I'm pretty happy about that. He's a lucky loser uh, as well. So I I don't think I had him in the second round of qualies. But every main draw match, I'm like, just because he lost in qualies doesn't mean you have to pretend like he's absolute dog shit, like the market did, and they paid the price for it for for disrespecting him so much. I think that run for me of backing him is done at this point. I, I can't justify betting him plus one seventy against Thompson, who's just a much, much better grass quarter. But good on him for getting here. He's looking to become the third Lucky Loser chi- uh, finalist of the season, by the way, right? Quan won down under in January. Stroof, obviously, in Madrid, our favorite, Jan-Leonard Stroof. And uh, and now, potentially, Ricky Hijikata. Yeah, Rinky
0: is plus 185 as the dog. Thompson is minus 225 on the money line. The spread is three. The total is at 22 and a half here. I'm kind of feeling lay- laying the three with Thompson myself. Similar... <laughs> Even though I think Rinky has made good progress this week, Thompson also beat him indoors in South Korea, 6-4, 6-4 in early May. I'm sticking to my priors of uh, these big servers can kind of just push, and guys with power can kind of push Rinky around a little bit. He's a much better returner on grass than what Huesler uh, offered up in that match. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just played. He won seven six six two. 6 6-2. I could I could lay the three again, and I could lay three. I just I don't think things have really changed
1: in a week for for Hachikata here to to cover that number, but it's not my favorite I, play. But go ahead. No, I agree with that. I think that's the big difference here, and obviously Rinky is is seventy cents on the dollar cheaper than he was against Husler. Mm-hmm. but there is a significant difference uh, in the return games of his opponents. Right, Thompson much more adept on return, much more consistent from the baseline doesn't may not have the overwhelming serve but still is going to hold at a very high clip with the nature of how grass courts operate and he's better with the lower bounce too right as, as good as huesler is with his serve and, and and power he's also a pretty tall guy uh and a lot of his success in the past has come on like grass court challengers or indoor hard courts where the indoor hard courts may not bounce up high but he's a big dude like the really low bounce can be can be tough and can end up leading to some errors with him. So, uh, yeah, I I am with you if I t- I'm not taking anything here, but if I did it would be Thompson.
0: All right, Tallin Greek Spores representing the home country in the semifinal here against Emil Rusevori, who came up big for me today against Yannick Sinner. It's first meeting between these two. Rusevori is minus 161 on the money line, Greek Spores plus 141 Whoa. on bet online. The spread is 2 and the total is at 23 here. Man, plus 141 for a Greek spore? That's pretty tempting, even though I have like what I've seen from Rusevori this week. Last 52 weeks on tour level, on grass, Rusevori is holding at an insane 88%. But his break percentage is down at 16.9%, uh, which is low. It's about 22% on hard, 26% on clay. Meanwhile, oh, this is even worse. Greek Spore also holding at 88%, but his break percentage is down at 12%. So about a 4% edge to the Finn. Is this a good spot to back a decently juiced favor here? <clears throat> or lay the two games with Bruce Abori.
1: I'm going to say no. I mean, I know that Emil just beat Yannick Sinner, so everyone's going to love that about him. But as you outlined, I think last time, Outside of Wimbledon last year, Yannick Sitter has never really been that good on grass. And even last year, what did he beat? a Michael Emer who's underpowered Carlos Alcaraz in his first uh, was last year's first season on grass either way it's either his first season or like, he played one match in 2021. But I'm pretty sure it was his first season on grass. There just wasn't a whole lot to love there. He pushed Djokovic that was that was probably as impressive as the Alcaraz win if we're being completely honest, taking Novak to five sets on grass. And so I, I don't think it's that great of a win. The Greek Spore has some Greek Spores look pretty good this week. I almost backed him at plus one fifty against hour and I think these two. The reason why I think Greek Spore might be the right bet here is if it's only a four percent hold break statistical edge, it's not in. It's not a, It's not statistically insignificant. But that's not like an eight or nine percent uh, percentage point difference on hold break. So I'm fine taking a dog who even statistically from that point of view is is pretty much pretty close uh, to Emil Roussouvori. And the reason I like this is from the more qualitative standpoint, when you take a look at the matchup, two guys that can get erratic, two guys that have monster forehands, two guys that can hammer and belt down their serves. There's just so little between them for me. I think, yes, Roussouvori, a bit more comfortable on on quick courts, right? He's made his, his entire career, his success has come on quick outdoor hards, indoor hards. And now I suppose this is another uh, semifinal for him on uh, on grass. That's where he's been at his most dangerous. Whereas Greeks, for, I think all his titles or are, are, are his have come on clay, and I think that might be playing into this, that perception angle. But when you put these two on the court with each other, I don't see a whole lot of daylight between them. I thought I saw earlier today, and I'm looking at uh, Odds Portal now, I thought I saw it was around a pick or like a minus 125 even money market average. But it doesn't appear any of the books opened at that. Which means uh I clearly missaw and I'm I'm starting to think that I was gonna leave it alone there with Russo the slightest of favorites. But when you get into like this kind of substantial gap between them in, in terms of price point, I just don't think that exists on the court. Like I don't think it's a sixty forty uh split here. I think it's more like 55-45.
0: Greek sport, uh, uh opened the year with the title in Pune, which is also quicker. Uh, yeah. Court. I, I think it was a, a solid spot to 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 chase a dog doing it for the home country here at plus 141. I mean, Rusevori is about as uh, untrustworthy a favorite as it gets. He is kind of a dog or pass type of guy, player, to me, uh, watching the market every day. If he wins, good on him, but I think the, the price is, a, 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 and there's just a lot to like to back Greek sport here. He's got, he's got a title this year, played well in quick conditions. I mean, honestly, his win against uh, Demonor might actually be a little bit more impressive than the, the win against Sinner of the Rooster 40 side.
1: I almost said that, but did not want people screaming on Twitter or in the comments or like hate reviewing because I said that. But honestly, on grass, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you.
0: <laughs> no, I-, I mean, Demonor is a-, a grass player. Sinner's not.
1: And we're not saying here that Demonor is a better tennis player than Yannick Sinner, right? That's what I think a lot of people are going to conflate that statement with. And it's why I just didn't bother saying it. But I actually, I agree. I think that it, on, on, on a grass court, that kind of grinded out win. Now, Rusevori was a lot more dominant in his win, so I think that might play into that debate. But I think there's certainly a, a debate to be had as which win is more impressive. I don't think it's as clear-cut as most people would think. I completely agree with that.
0: Your uh, Grass, Raw, Elo, Demonor is at 1651.9. Sinner, 1543.3. And so. that's
1: only taking into account the last 52 weeks, which is going to include last year's Wimbledon. You take away last year's Wimbledon from Sinner, and I guarantee you that that, that difference is much more pronounced. I mean, they're blended. Oh, Sinner's going to have him on the blended for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's going to yeah, kill him on the but blended. But
0: how big a difference? Hold on. Blended, he's at 1804, Sinner. Demon is at 1770.5. He's only two spots behind Sinner on the blended.
1: Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, so I, I, that's even more impressive than I thought. But yeah, there you go. The raw ELOs will tell you that Demon Hour, the last year has been a better grass quarter and if we're like i said if we're being honest the last year is when sinner has looked his best on grass so in sinner's best year on grass his elo still didn't get quite to uh to the point the raw elo that is uh to the point of, of Demonor. so wow well, maybe you know i i thought i thought it was a correct statement from a logical standpoint but you know what Dave, the numbers got our back here man <laughs> there you go come at so- me bro I'm not
0: saying 10 unit bomb greek spore but I definitely think <laughs> the uh the plus, if you're looking for a plus EV bet, Talent Greeksborn Money Line at plus 141 is certainly it. And honestly, like what's what's the 2.0 or like you could probably even get up higher. 2 0 is plus 290, 21 plus 420. Some options there for you. All right, John, we did it. Another episode in the books. We will be back next week uh for London and Until then, follow John at Jared Tweets Tennis. Follow us at MP9 Tennis. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, see you on the court.